everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read It and Weep. And my favorite part of that intro is the little drum part. I really like when the drums come in, they go... Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'm Alex. I'm, I'm in uh, Los Angeles, and I'm hanging out in here with uh, Megan. Hey, buddy. Hello. And we are joined in Northern California by Ezra and Sarah and Ponyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like a little mermaid-ish um, uh, Studio Ghibli movie. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I, they haven't seen it yet, but they're kind of working through the catalog. Uh, so they yeah. saw Kiki's Delivery Service also now. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's nice where things are not evil. Yeah. yeah. Maybe wait for Mononoke. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, some things are kind of evil, but then it turns out they're just a pile of bikes. <laughs> like, you <laughs> think they're in real life. Is yeah. anything, anything that's not good is actually just a pile of bikes, guys. <laughs> a pile of bikes covered <laughs> in a lot of mud. Um, also, patriarchy. Yeah. Also, <laughs> From Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, dudes. Hey, hey. Ding dong dilly. Um, and Sarah and Kyle have immunity this week, so they're not even trying. They are. Wow, they're just watching from the sidelines. They're from home. Yeah, they're, they got to buy. Um, they're going to so, work on a turkey that we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. They're really going balls to the wall with their immunity. Um, they will be back next week. In the meantime, we will have only still too many panelists. So let's go with six. Um, let's jump in today, you guys. It's the world famous pickle episode. Hey, we've pickle. been waiting for it. It is finally here. Um, big CJ's pickle nightmare begins. Um, but that first, like, oh, wait, can, can we please, please make that point and click adventure game uh, of big <laughs> CJ's pickle nightmare? Like, like, I think oh, I no, you're haunted by the ghost of Tom's expectations. How will you escape? <laughs> Oh, but you remembered them wrong. They are not like that at all. <laughs> Combined do you crumpet. do an impersonation of Tom at judges' table? Yes or no? <laughs> I, Option, I, ridicule dessert? No, no, no. <laughs> the thing I love about that, that impression, and like we should spend most of the episode on the impression, is I that like, about it. <laughs> he clearly has done so much work on it uh, that like he wanted to bust it out multiple times. Yes. And so like like I think there's just like this is we just got two of like the three hundred times he's done it during oh, uh, his yeah. seasons. Oh yeah. yeah. So his group of friends have been kicking each other under the table every time they <laughs> <done> together. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone so- who worked at Nomon's like, who's this stage and why is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like the guy on Project Robert. Runway who did that Tim impression all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Andre. Yes, or Andre. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was yeah. wonderful. Andre. It was wonderful. Um, but before wow. we get to the pickle nightmare, or I guess the first portion of the pickle nightmare starts at 3.45 in the morning. Yeah, the the hour of nightmares. Exactly. Oh, that's true. Um, so Big Siege and the rest of the nightmare people are awoken very early in the morning and whisked off to Pike Place Market, home of men tossing fish and the world's most germ-filled alley, to make breakfast for 50 farmers market workers Wait, germ-filled yeah the the yeah, gum wall the, the gum oh wall. yeah oh okay oh, hold on a second. We, there are multiple gum walls and i think they're equally impressive it's kind of weird it, wait was this the original gum wall or is this one of those rip-off knockoff gum walls? Uh, I'll, look up, I'll look up the the, the san luis obispo gum wall because that's the one that i know about well they're all bad yeah, but I, none of them were pictured on this episode. Like, they right. didn't cook in the gum wall, you know? Right. <laughs> no, they've, they've actually asked to stop putting gum on the gum walls because they keep collapsing, and uh, it's do- it doesn't mean you're married anymore. I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> how, about, how about, like, the law? Lo- yeah, well, all right, fair enough. Uh, what, what does it mean? Yeah, um, it means that you are collapsing. 
emotionally. Or that you were chewing gum but are no longer chewing gum. <laughs> My mouth is empty. <laughs> yeah, it, it means you're a tourist and um, we're willing to touch some hepatitis. Ugh. Wow. It is so gross. I hate the gum wall the most. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and there's a theater, a little comedy theater, right by the gum wall that I've performed at many, many times. And I have to walk by the gum wall. And every time it makes me want to have a throw up wall across the street. Oh, oh I hate it. Hurt your gaze. Anyway, um, so besides that, uh, they have to make breakfast for 50 farmers market workers in only one hour. And for some reason, they have to put it on a stick. Yeah. What? Okay. So what is this challenge? What is this quick fire? This is a quick fire. And then it's a full elimination scale challenge in terms of making breakfast for 50 people in an hour using a questionable Sir Latab panini grill. Well, so that was the other part that like as if that all was not enough, as if 345 50 workers breakfast stick, as if that four part challenge was not enough. <laughs> oh, and pairs, partners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah and and partners yeah. that you choose by shuffling across some cobblestone at like what I assume is like 445 in the morning. Yeah, probably 445. Yeah. Um, and not only that, you have to purchase and assemble your own kitchen in part of that hour. So your your part of that time is going to a store and negotiating and buying a kitchen and then building it on the bricks. Didn't they just rip stuff off the shelves? They have to buy it. They had to buy it. They had to be like, no, no, no. no. They just had a budget. So they had to stay within $500. So I don't think they had to like go through those like point of sale, but they definitely had to be like, well, this panini grill is $149.99. So I can get seven of them and then I'll be over budget. Like, Like, were they able to like, you know, get the 20% off? I'm Uh, glad you were still trying to save money for them. Oh yeah, because you need. I mean, anything. I'm going to bank all those gift cards at the end of the season. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll take I, a panini grill, two knives, and the rest in gift cards, please. <laughs> I guess the other thing I was thinking about is like the times in my life when I have purchased appliances and how many of the appliances components I then want to like wash before I use them. Oh for yeah, the- for sure. And how everything smells just a little like plastic for a little bit and well, like every griddle you have to like pull some large sticker off with a picture of a sandwich and yeah. then yeah, or you yeah, forget to like, it just melts. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm doing that in a panic at a time of day when like my skin doesn't feel like it's like fully on my body. Like I just don't <laughs> know like the, how- it is it totally this is one of the meanest I feel like this is one of the meanest quick fires. I, like I, I think that here's why I like it. Is that I think it accurately captures mornings. Like I think every like <laughs> this, this is like it's like it's the metaphor of the morning that I feel like I, I have. Like the, you know, the biggest part for me, the two days. the two biggest things that are not morning metaphors that, that lose me are doing commerce and putting it on a stick. Uh I don't know, man. I feel like it's just it's just there's extra there's like it's the difficulty of math, uh you know, at a time when your brain doesn't want to do it, and then just like random requirements uh, maybe this is a thing that you happens more if you have kids but like that's where it does it's seem like, like it i want you know five blueberries cut in half that's that's basically the same <laughs> level of thing where it's like it's like oh i don't know why this is a requirement but i know i'll get yelled at if i don't do it right and that makes more sense yeah so that, that's that's this feels spot on is what i'm trying to say i feel like this is like three different quick fire challenges that i would all be that would all be fine if it was one that was just like, we've come to the famous Sir Latab uh, that started here. And so your challenge is in the next half hour to purchase and and purchase a kitchen and make me a breakfast. That'd be fine. But like, um, or breakfast for farmer's market people is already fine. Uh, or breakfast on a stick or any food on a stick. That's fine. But like, sure. I, all of them at one time is like, it just feels mean. 
Yeah, why yeah. 50? Like a food on a stick challenge could be you and the judge, you know? Totally. Like, or Padman and the judge. Make three and, of these. Oh, and have it be like there's some requirement where you have to be able to tip the stick 270 degrees without it falling off to prove that it's really on that stick. Wait, and that's so that's it. like, let's rotate all the way upside down and then again like halfway? No, I th- wait, wouldn't it be like from, so from like um, 45 degrees off of upside down to 45 degrees off of upside down the other direction? We're, we're, yeah, uh, sort of the Belgian waffle test. Yeah, exactly. Like a yeah, pie minus one piece. Oh, you have I to go that oh okay, I guess what you mean now. I, I thought you were just going to like rotate all the way around and then just keep on going until it was not, not upside down anymore. Yeah, that would be a really weird way to go. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> my point is I, they, the stick thing is like it didn't even matter. Like all that stuff, all that work to put your crap on a stick and then it was like, who cares if it's on a stick? You get a plate. Well, and I felt like they made it seem as though like the legions of people that run the Pike Place Market were going to like line up, grab their breakfast and march off into the dawn. No, no, they're just going to like, they're just going to like chill and hang out and wait in line to go to all the little stations and like. I would have loved if the guy was throwing a fish with one hand, eating a whole Monte Cristo on a stick on the other hand. That would have been, oh, I guess you got to be on a stick for that guy. I wish. maybe. Yeah, that's true Viking. It didn't make the cut, but maybe there's like there's a lot of seagulls, and you have to have the stick to defend your food. Otherwise, they oh, take it away. Mm, it is known. Food. Yeah, it is known. <laughs> or you have to scrape a portion of the gum wall off of your stick before you can go back okay, to work. Stop bringing up the gum wall. Oh, by the way, they didn't mention the gum wall. We don't have to talk about the gum wall. Every no. city has weird, gross things. They're not this on is camera. The first Seattle that they chose not to highlight. So. <laughs> You don't uh, have to highlight it for them. Many of the parts of Seattle that they were like, that's okay. <laughs> uh, this may have been a good decision. Though. Gumwall yeah. update, guys, though. This is the later Gumwall. So this is the 1993 Gumwall uh, as opposed to San Not even the original. Yeah, which is which is uh, probably a late 50s Gumwall, most likely. Oh, oh man. Wow, man. All right. I, I will. I promise I will be done talking about it. All right. So just some quick updates on this breakfast. Uh, cooking for Chef Daisley Gordon. Um, who is the that was the guest judge today? Who's the owner of Cafe Campania? Yeah, yeah, and Marche. Um, I, is Marche still around? I, I had I have had a glass of wine at Marche once in my life. Yeah, that is I don't know I if it's still around. Maybe I, I so had I like believe, an order or something. I mean, everything's look, probably gone now. To be well, honest. that's also true. But I believe I, I think that Marche closed last year or the year before. Um, but yeah, so he so. Campania restaurant, it was like the fancy boy, and then Cafe Campania was downstairs, the casual one, and it outlasted its fancy brother, and mm. which became Marche, which then I believe also closed, but the cafe is still there. Yeah. But anyway, he owns a couple of Pike Place um, restaurants. So you've had a glass of wine there, Chris. Have you been to any of the? Uh, I've been to Camp- Cafe Campania, and I think uh, Tanya has as well. Yeah, yeah. Is it nice? It was fine. I don't. I want to say I like had French onion soup there. I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where like some of the stuff at the market is like really good and you'll you'll pay for it. And some of the stuff is just kind of like, well, they they do a lot of business with tourists, you know? Yeah, like you you can eat there once and think, oh, I did that in Seattle. Yeah, Um, which is no no mark against Daisley. I think it's also like Pike Place Market is extremely charming and lovely. It's also not a place that I feel like I went a whole heck of a lot yeah it's a little too far away from where people live to be like a farmer's market where people go like you wouldn't Mm. go every weekend to like get your tomatoes i feel like when i was younger like when people would visit we would very like you know we would like troop them down to pike place yeah look at kind of the seafood and some of the weird stuff and the novelty shops 
And you I know. used to go there a lot with my mom when I was little. Like we would like go get Danishes in the morning when I was a kid. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And there's crumpets, and which you should definitely not use for anything besides crumpeting. It's not a hamburger bun. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know who thought putting crumpets around a burger was ever going to work. But they. No, those we'll, are I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're not. We're, remember, not we're not. I believe you. You guys told us about how good the crumpets were in Pike Place. Yeah, there is a there's a whole shop dedicated to fresh crpets and they are dope but they're yeah. they're kind of designed to be eaten by themselves yes, yeah. yes not um, for this. i like I how like they just didn't it was never explained why they used a crumpet yeah they never bun. mentioned it they no. were just like this was just a choice we made yeah <laughs> yeah that's right why. like we it were in a fog like there of was panic like, there was like a ninth food vendor with crumpets that they were used and then that person didn't show up and so they were just like the weirdos who chose crumpets on their own yeah, yeah. That's, it felt like I'm sure that's not what happened, but it felt like that. Given that they, br- did, I know that they're there, and they never talked about why. Yeah, um, I also but, I feel compelled to mention while we're talking about Pike Place food vendors yeah, that like there was a there was a period of time where one of my cousins uh, was running a farm like stand business and would drive his like produce down from like northern Washington State, and uh, so I would like go down and like help him like run the stand at Pike I did not know this yeah I mean I only did it a few times because guys I was bad at it (laughs) how how did you mess it up Um, it was mostly it was mostly that he didn't have like a like a full like register situation so he would like have you like weigh things just like in your mind figure out how much it was and then give like correct change and he didn't tell me until the end of like one of my second or third times doing this with him that he would round up or down and like make it easier to do change. So I was trying to like give people exact change and then they would like check my math You'd and sometimes it, it wasn't correct. Yeah, was it, yeah was it just like the sort of like the you hold like, you know, roughly three pounds in one hand and then you sort of like, is this thing heavier or lighter than that? On the other hand, is there I think it was, I think he was kind of usually being generous with people, but like, so there was a scale, but it was like, oh, this is like X amount a pound. And then you'd give somebody like such oh, okay. like two and a half pounds of something. And then they'd give you a 20 and then you'd be like, great. Now I have work to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and as a person who's been insecure about math since I was like six, like yeah. it was a very stressful time. That sounds yeah. super stressful. It Giving was, change yeah. is stressful for me too. I don't know why. I, yeah, but I, I like it because they'll, you know, it, uh, it feels like a like a lemonade stand. Uh, yeah, and that, that, that always felt like that always felt like a good time. Like I, I have I have strong associations with with uh, early stage capitalism uh, in, my, <laughs> in my childhood. Well. <laughs> I think you should have helped my cousin Jesse. And Why did you not call me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I knew you yet, as I'm sorry. Besides working in the market, do you guys have any other market tips for people who are visiting for tourists? What, what is there something still that you remember that you do like there? Um, I mean, I remember the flower stands being extremely dope. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you really should, good florist. I'd wanna... say the seafood selection is actually really, really good there. Yeah. And if you have small kids, like just showing them all the seafood is pretty fun. Because I remember yeah. being extremely into that when I was a kid. Because it's like right at eye level. So you're just yeah. like, I can just go look at a crab. Go like, look at a gooey <laughs> duck, you know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. the tanks I do are remember. Cool. So the same people who throw the fish, they also have a large flat fish at children's eye level that's like yes. on a string so if you get close to it to look at it as a kid it like all of a sudden turns and looks at you ah, and then you scream that's amazing yeah, a prank yeah. that's good um doesn't also- it just make you really want to have fun at your job <laughs> okay have any of you guys worked at the target corporation <laughs> do they just throw things no uh i wish um 
the or, there's an orientation video, and I know I saw it when I was working at um, when I first got my first ever job at Mervyn's California, which was owned Ooh. by Target. And I know the people who worked at Target had to see it because I've talked. I bring it up a lot at dinner parties. I've definitely seen it at some jobs. And I don't, I don't know. know who, so I don't know who else shows it and who doesn't. But there's this training video for some companies that's about the guys who throw fish in the market and how they manage to have fun at their jobs. And it's like supposed to motivate you. Like this is the kind of job where you can have fun, but you're definitely not supposed to just throw menswear. And so yeah. I don't know what they want you to take away, but it's not they like they the Target Corporation definitely does not want you to invent some sort of spectacle that where you throw products and entertain the masses. But that they want you to think that it's possible, but not do it. I don't know. But it's a wow. it's like seared. I think my they memory. have like an acronym fish that stands for something like <laughs> fun. Oh, it is so innovation. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think the S stands for service. It probably does. Okay, and the H stands for loss prevention. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Fun is service. (laughs) Um, I don't know why they ever would have highlighted this in their, like, sweep of Pike Place Market, but there's also a really big metal pig that you should absolutely go and oh, find yeah. on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if everybody it's like knows about that. like some weird pig sculpture but thing. But the pig sculpture is really fun. Yeah. It's oh, genuinely a really good time. Yeah. And like, you know, the cheese curds at Beecher's, like all the little vendor markets that they highlighted in um, in the episode are really fun to go around and like check stuff out. And, you know, it's, it is it is a good time. Can I get a I reality know. check on a fever dream I have of when I went there? Okay. Um, yeah. okay. For sure. I thought I saw the original Starbucks logo. I was about yes. to mention that. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, you don't need to get coffee at the OG Starbucks, but go peep the original logo because it's still on their window. Yeah, and uh, you people. you could definitely see that they have since censored that logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it used to be Nurples, but not anymore. <laughs> Hashtag free the Nurple. It's, it's yeah, it, yeah, because it keeps on just getting more and more zoomed in and like and and abstracted, just like I will say. And I'm not a I'm not a huge Starbucks uh, fan. Obviously, um, it's adequate when you're in an airport. But um, Seattle does have a variety of interesting Starbucks experiences you can have. Yes, you can have yeah, they sure do. The Nurple Starbucks. You can have the new Starbucks that's all pneumatic brass, where it shoots coffee all over the building, and you can get a flight of espressos that all taste the same. Yeah, and you have the world's tallest Starbucks that you're allowed to go into, I think, yeah. on the 40th floor or whatever. But not on Sunday. But not open on weekends. Well, it's uh, an office building, Alex. Totally understandable. <laughs> um, a, just, a mistake that you everybody only has to make once, and it costs you $12. Aww. Yeah, it did cost us $12. <laughs> I remember being there for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, that's like, if you want like a, like a, if you want Starbucks to be kind of interesting, but they'll still take your stars, there's at least three places worth checking out. Yeah. Oh, plus there's one that's a fake, a pretend not Starbucks. Oh um, yeah, the, like the times they are a change in Starbucks that like <laughs> endangers the coffee shop nearby that you actually like. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah. I'm trying to look like it, but still serving Starbucks. To be very clear, Seattle has a wealth of other way better coffee shops that are in and around even the Pike Place Market area. I hear one of them actually calls themselves the best. Is this correct? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. They've I well. Yeah, I think that one's. I think that's been that absorbed into Tully's, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which. I can't remember who absorbed whom, but I yeah, think Tully's, Tully's like kind of like yeah. the, the female anglerfish kind of situation, where it just in order to reproduce, it just <laughs> sort of absorbed. Up. Yeah, that's right. I thought McDonald's owned Seattle's best, um, but I could be wrong. They're all probably owned by Nazis still. 
Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's always watch. the reveal. Dang it. I, I know. Anyway, uh, back to the show. Oh, back to Disney and his quilted vest. That's what it was. Seattle's, owned by, Seattle's vest is owned by Starbucks. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it's, it's like Apple buying obvious. all the companies that yeah. do things with Apple. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there was this bit. There was all when McDonald's started serving Seattle's best coffee, there was this big thing about how they were finally taking on Starbucks. And it was like, guys, did you not know Starbucks is probably fine with it? It's also them. Um, mm-hmm. It's Pete's that is owned by Nazis. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Or just Germans? Um, uh, no, no, no. Like, actually, Nazi gold um, funded oh, it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, really quick, fun, 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 fun spoiler about this. Um, they also own Stumptown, and they also own Keurig, and they own... Um, what's, the, what's the Chicago one? Keurig, I probably Intelligentsia. So it's this holding company that was like a bunch of Nazi gold that came out after the war. And then they recently were like, hey, we're really sorry. Here's $100,000 to this charity. Also, we own all the coffee in the world now. Um, Ugh, yikes. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything yeah. anything at scale, you have to assume that like some stuff went down. There's always going to be some Nazis, but this one is like so direct. Doesn't uh, feel better that it was actually founded in 1828, pre-Nazi, by a good margin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they got rich from that they, yeah you had to be a company first to profit you know that's part of the, yeah, the Nazi war did help. wow guys also panera, panera and go up what was the one i just oh, said crispy cream yeah <gasps> yeah wow They're a big... and my favorite breakers bagels uh <laughs> really is it, <laughs> i've never heard of that bagel company in my I've life heard, yeah uh michelle's baguette uh there's lots of lots of uh Wait, the Dr. Pepper Snapple group also. Oh, oh my gosh. They're very big. Wow. Now, they, everyone, well, uh, I know we're not lying that this is a Top <laughs> Chef podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to wrap on. I guess we yeah. should wrap on that. The, the thing that I, the reason I know about them is because they bought Stumptown, our beloved local coffee shop, and uh, made it way worse. And uh, now it's really good in airports. Um, but anyway, um, cool. So refocusing back to the market. So that Starbucks with the nurples. Megan, you were going to say something about the market before I moved on. Oh, I was going to say something about the challenge oh, that I found okay. frustrating was that sure, um, sure. it's a challenge highlighting these local artisans hmm. um, and artisanal products. And they like made you work really hard to figure out what those products were. Yes. I mean, they said what they were, but I was like, actually we had to like rewind and I, uh, go back and I, so I was like what what was that chocolate company like I didn't quite see yeah um it yeah. was they were just kind of like uh and then when they had the um the artisans eating like they just said their name they uh, they didn't even say what company hey, this is Bobby yeah so like, one yeah. Of the, information, yeah. They, the interviews were like so you make the popcorn yep and then they moved on and that was mm-hmm. the whole like, sorry just me this is such a great point, and I do want to come back to it, but we do need to finish up on breakfast. So, oh, sorry. Just oh, no. so sorry. Wow. Um, so, Bart and Sheldon win for their Green Forest uh, breakfast sandwich. Um, also, yeah, one of the rare times. Yeah, just by Bart um, uh, spiking the football with his panini press before they finished cooking. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. Don't you, don't you guys ever baptize your panini presses by just trying to slam it into the ground forcefully? Just beating it? Yeah, yeah it's the one. Was... It's the residual heat melted that that cheese. It yeah. worked out. Well, they gave the judges a good one, and it paid off. And also, I thought this was this was a nice incident of somebody saying, "Hey, I do this in my restaurant, and people love it." And then it actually worked. That's true. I just need to figure out how to put it on a stick. 
<laughs> just a small modification. What if it almost speared the roof of your mouth every time? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the whiteboard diagramming of that. It was like, all right, it's like stick plus sandwiches. Like we can do this, guys. We just have to figure <laughs> out some structural issues to 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 you know to try to like calculate. But I think I think vectors. Yeah. <laughs> thread the needle. Thread the needle. The other top was Josh and John, who should not be working together because they hate each other. Um, uh, but they made a mini taco. They basically made chilaquilas. Although the like the recaps I was reading of this episode, it was like ten years ago. Apparently, no one had heard of chilaquilas yet. Oh man! And yeah, well, there that were was a lot of like. There was a lot of alarm about ingredients that I don't feel shocked by in this episode and also in Last Chance Kitchen, like the like arugula moment. Yeah. Like, well, Tyler Tyler works for the John Elway Steakhouse. Yeah, so. I don't think he's breaking a lot of new ground for Unless John. It's like a strawberry milkshake and a side of burned asparagus where, you know. <laughs> well, I think he also, Tyler just has like resting like, oh my God face, where just everything is very yeah, it's like <laughs> eyes. His eyes are good, like surprised eyes. And now we're jumping all the way ahead to the... Um, I'm the sorry. So in the bottom, Eliza and Josie, um, who also should not be working together, uh, who made uh, terrible uh, ricotta pancakes. Where we got slow rolled on the game, who's this Eliza character? And then we learned so many things about her today. Oh my gosh, they were like, do you want us to fill in the Eliza bubble? You think you want it, but you don't want it. Yeah. Well, she got engaged at the market, which is cute as heck for this. That is cute as heck. Um, but she also made vegan sushi out of the back of a van for what for uh, as a while following a, a jam band. Yeah, yeah, yeah widespread, widespread panic, panic around widespread the country. Panic. Also, widespread food poisoning. I just feel like van temperature. Like, At least if it's vegan, there's there's less that can go wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, I think there's a lot that can go wrong when you're just like, here are raw vegetables I handled. Yeah, and well, whatever true. that means. Yeah. But Whoa. if she's making good good uh, sushi rice in the back of a van, that's impressive. Um, and then everybody else was not worth noting. But I will add that none of the teams are good teams. Um, with the possible strange exception of Brooke and Stefan, because Brooke, it turns out, likes Stefan. I, yeah, she and, and Stefan seem to be able to work together. Well, she knows him from the L.A. You know, yeah. good chef scene. And What's she knows he's kind of a jerk, but, you know, she knows how to work with him. He's, he's very abrasive, but he's all heart. And yeah. we've seen him now on two seasons, and we've seen zero percent heart. Where is this? He's more Porsche than heart. Where's heart? Didn't make the edit, I guess. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't want that. But, but I don't know if that's ever happened in anyone's life where it's like you know someone more, like you know, you know someone well enough that like that you you know that you like them, they're a good person, uh, and that you understand how they can come off to others. Oh yeah. my gosh! Right? Yes, absolutely. And, and that takes a somewhat generous person, which I think Brooke is. So it makes sense. Well, um, and th- here's another phenomenon that I've had happen to me, where somebody is a dick, and you see them be a dick to others, and then to you, they're nice, and you're oh, like, yeah. like, and people come to you and are like, "This person is so cruel to me," and you're like, "I totally saw that." Also, they're only nice to me. <laughs> like, yeah. What do I do here? I, yeah, it, that's, that's the totally tough one. Where it's like this is yeah, like we're you're profiting from like a, a, a rough situation where it's like, what am I? I'm, I feel complicit in this cruelty a little bit now, but yeah. also yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. Strange. I don't know what it was about the way they just like had to bump into each other for pairs though, but it does not seem like any of these pairs are good. Like especially Josh and John is like, what are you doing? Yeah, how did this happen? Did you not see the previously on where you guys yelled at each other? Just like it just it just played. You hate each other. 
Well, I, and this all felt like poor conflict management throughout the entire episode. Like nobody mm-hmm. was willing to have an uncomfortable conversation to make it so that they could actually communicate with each other. Right. Every yeah, single so pair had two camera interv- individual interviews where they said, I wanted to do this, but I also didn't want to have to talk happen. to anyone or yeah. disagree with anyone or set anyone off. So I'm yeah. just going to ride the middle and it all well, went to hell. Great news for everybody riding the middle. Um, it's time for the elimination challenge where you're still in teams of two and don't get a nap from your early morning. Instead, oh. you have to make lunch uh, again at the market using randomly drawn specialty ingredients from around the market. One hour, but and you only get one hour to shop and one hour to cook. So it's this was the just same a amount nightmare. of time. As the as the quick fire, like, did someone have a flight they had to get to? Like, why was this done this way? Like, what was it was like? Well, you know, if I grab a cab from the market, I should be able to make it to O'Hare. Like, what were you was, doing? Oh, yeah, this is part of like the thirty six hours in Seattle. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. The big time is in a big hurry. Sarah and I watched like something that's kind of interesting on this. Actually, remember uh, it was like the a three minute segment on like the production side. Uh, there's like kind of a clip. Um, yeah, they only had a couple minutes to set up yeah, for they, the elimination challenge. Like, like they had, yeah, they had like, it was, it was cool. Like if you, um, I, I guess this is when we were doing the, uh, I was looking for like, maybe like it was extras, I guess, like available uh, to stream on it. Uh, when I was looking for, um, the last chance kitchen and I found this instead and it was really cool. Like the, like the, if you think it's hard, it's like, it's really hard on the production side to try to like set up basically the multiple uh, challenges back to back. Like totally. they did a really good job. And it's like, you like, it's just like for every stressed out uh, chef testant, there are like, you know, like three really stressed out PAs. Uh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, and there's oh, an interesting yeah. thing also. So we didn't see this on camera, but um, they had uh, all the uh, eliminated chefs also um, just in an extra food stall, basically, because they didn't want any spoilers uh, leaking out about who was already mm-hmm. off the show. I did know they've done that later. See, I, I did know that happens sometimes on the show so that if you're when you're open to the public or to like enough people, they want it to be unclear who is actually cooking still for the show and who is eliminated. But it's really obvious when there's two food stalls that no cameras ever approach. Yeah, there's a lot of food at all. Just 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 in this uh, in the you know not winners stall. <laughs> Um, I still, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason why they couldn't just do dinner then and have everybody chill out. They couldn't just like leave for a couple hours and come back. But, um, I do want to really, cause Megan mentioned this about the products. Let's, I'm going to do a quick rundown of what these products actually are. Um, so the products you could get are rose petal jelly from Woodring Orchards, which is definitely the worst choice. Actually, let's play, which is the worst choice. Oh yeah. Does anyone like rose petal? Like stuff, like rose stuff. It's, it's it's rare. I've had some desserts with rose involved that I actually didn't mind, but it's yeah. you have it's like, it's hard to handle. I feel like it it, it plays lot, really but... well with like cardamom and like certain flavors, but mm. you know it has to be like a creamy, it. like an ice cream situation or yeah. a wasi situation. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But I, it's a difficult flavor. I pistachio, it's yummy. Yeah, yeah, um, good, point. I, good point. I don't love it. I can see why though they did not get punished as hard because um, uh, uh, Stefan and Brooke had that because um, uh, who was it? Uh, Hugh. Hugh was like also rose petals are the worst. So yeah. like at least they had some support from a judge not liking the product. Yeah. Um, um, also available spicy pickles from Parker's Pickles, which is also owned by Wittering Orchards. Um, but uh, spicy pickles, I would enjoy. 
I don't know if I need them on a burger, but I like the idea of a spicy pickle. Sure. Um, kind of a, uh, an easy enjoy uncle Woody's truffle salt popcorn courtesy of Kara Davis Jensen. Um, uh, that sounds tasty. I don't know how I would cook with it, but it sounds nice. Yeah, um, but we've seen chefs use popcorn in inventive ways really, before really. to like add some crunch or you know yeah, whatever. I it, feel like my memory of that is that they like blitzed it in a food processor and like topped it. Yep, or like put it over something, and I like they put it on top of other yeah. white corn, other thing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It was like it was like oh, those grits will be truffly grits, and they'll taste sort of like the popcorn, but not feature the popcorn. Right. Well, this I mean that this was not a good application, but I just remember in a different challenge some other time that somebody like food processored the popcorn and i was like i'm surprised that worked oh yeah um you get just the rocks probably you have to put it through one of those sieves the big like like i'm working on the yeah anyway um also cheese curds from beecher's cheese which is excellent yeah um, that might although, be my pick for what i would want the most i think i think everybody yeah so as opposed to just enjoying the whole tub alone that's yeah. what i yeah. like to do yeah alone in shame yes they're just so eatable. I I mean, like when you make it's so these, squeaky and so squeaky, it's so squeaky. The squeak is so fun. If you make cheese curds into just a cheese sauce, how different is it from cheese in a cheese sauce? I was thinking about that. Like, at what point do you lose the curdiness of the curd? And like, the whole point is the squeak. So you kind of shouldn't melt it. I don't think. I don't I'm sure think. it would melt, but it's not going to be as liquidy or or as yeah, you know, different. sort of it's saucy. That's the right? poutine thing, right? Like that's 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 curds. Oh, you're right. That is p- poutine is curds. Yeah. Man. So they, yeah, but you, I, but I those are like, you had a good, you had a good cheese curd. Uh, Why just make me a good poutine? Oh my gosh. An incredible, like even a deconstructed poutine, I would have been yeah. gaga for. That sounds so good. I love a poutine. I would be all about that. Um, wow. Also coconut curry chocolate, which is kind of yeah. fun from, from Theo chocolate. Yeah, Theo's is chocolate a, is definitely a Seattle staple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a big name. I mean, that's available. A lot of places. Well, I mean, they've they've gone national too, yeah. but at, yeah, there was a there was a time when that was a special like Fremonti kind of thing. I would say this is the other hardest ingredient to work with is cardamom bitters. Yeah, I had a shocking time watching this episode again because I I forgot and I think I realized I of course realized this the first time we watched it and then forgot and then remembered again that I went to high school with Miles Thomas. Oh, yeah, that's so, fun. Yeah, I How like, are your memories of him? Are they sweet or are they um, a bit? He, he was like a he was really into music, as I remember. And mm-hmm. um and also one time when I was on a family vacation in Rome, I ran into him and his girlfriend, who I also went to high school with. Crazy. And we like stood around talking for like ten minutes. I mean, we weren't friends. Like, but it was one of those things where like we definitely knew who each other were, and we were like, wow, it's so weird that we're here and like of all the places to run into each other. Like, we ran into people we knew in Rome. It's. I mean, it's also a very popular destination. No, but so it's not crazy. There. No, that's so crazy. Yeah, we were at yeah. the Colosseum and we ran into someone my mom knew from church. We're just like, you're just. But we're in Rome right now. Yeah, I can't. I, we were. Yeah, we were in. I can't remember. I we were in that. like What's the other half of it. Run into other Say hi to in Rome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, that was cool. that was a shocking moment. Anyway, um, but also those cardamom bitters. I mean, I I feel like there was a there was a dessert swap that needed to happen. Like the yeah. chocolate didn't need to be in a, a dessert and the cardamom should have been part of like a cocktail that came with like an incredible biscuit or something. Can I, can I make a bold- incredible bitters? Just make a nice biscuit. <laughs> bold, bold statement on my part. If cardamom ceased to exist, I would not miss it one bit. 
Oh, I, I love cardamom. I am hard against this stance. Cardamom oh, is so dope. It's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it tastes like. I couldn't tell you what it's in. It could disappear. I would not. It's just that's it. It's just like slightly like this is cinnamish or like nutmegish. Yeah, exactly. No, if, no, you, no, if you no. if you made all of the cardamom dishes and you just put in some nutmeg, how many people would actually know? A lot. Oh, yeah. a lot. All yeah. of the subcontinent of India. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I meant of the people I hang out with. Um, also, already. I feel like it's a big part of the like you know Nordic baking game. Oh yeah, and like yeah, like a cardamom bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like yeah, I I yeah, that's been a big part of like my family's like holiday baking forever. So that's important. All right. Well, as fortunately for you, you're not going to have to deal with this forever because it's not happening. It is unlikely that cardamom is going to get raptured. So you're not going to have to defend the stance any longer. And then lastly, there was salmon candy from the people who toss fish. Which oh, is gosh. Unclear how sweet it is or if it's just like bacony jerky. Well, um, it's very unclear what it is because it was never featured or highlighted in the dish. However, Sheldon's very diplomatic description of it. Like, we have a lot of unique fish products in Hawaii. Never seen anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that has become the Sheldon refrain of the season is never saw that in Hawaii. Never saw that in Hawaii. There's been a lot of things he's never participated in before. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great dumplings in Hawaii. Not. Remember right. when he did that great not burn? Um, anyway, uh, yeah. so this is this challenge. This is the thing. You get a very short amount of time. You have no sleep. You have these weird ingredients. And you have terrible partnerships. And everybody did bad even your favorites yes even your favorites people who seem good did bad everyone did we we switched from um everyone is doing pretty good and there's a few people to to highlight to just tom is furious tom shows up in the stew room a place he's not usually invited yeah and just he's embarrassed by the performance in this challenge you know yeah normally we get padma in a sheath dress and now you have tom in a hoodie looking very disgruntled yeah tom is mad and he um they take he does some things that are interesting he takes away the ten thousand dollar top prize because he gives nobody tops at all and also changes it from a single to a double elimination just because he's so angry um which i think is all fair but i did think they oversold the apologies to the artisans who all had a pretty good time. Like it did seem like he could have been like, yeah, it wasn't quite as good as we'd hoped. That's interesting. But he kept being like, Oh, it's so sorry. Oh, we're so sorry. We did such a terrible job. I thought that it was, was a little bit like an awkward situation for the artisans uh, where it's like, yeah. it's like sort of like you're like, you're maybe like you're a, a guest at someone's house and their kids like, you know, don't like clean up as well. Yes. And you're just like yes. berating the kids in front of them. And it's like, this is, you put me in a weird spot, man. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah I got free lunch, and you didn't really honor my pickles, but also my pickles are weird, so it's I, fine. I honor my yeah. weird pickles, Alex. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe these artisans either, like, provided stuff, or I, I forget where the $10,000 was furnished from, but clearly, you know, they were on this to be exposure about their products, and I'm sure the Top Chef producers felt real well, bad. That, put it on their name cards, then, because it was really hard to figure out what these things I were. Know. I know. And and this season, I mean, that's the story of this season is I think Top Chef is figuring out how to get back on its A game. And it's yeah, there's it's a lot of happen. a lot of blunders on both production and challenge setup and chef side on this episode. And so, also like a confusing calendar situation where like they had to cram 
an elimination and a like quick fire into the same like four hour yeah. block. Yeah. But then our, judges' our table will block. be tomorrow because we tie tie now. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, and, like, you were you at lunch. We, you had all evening. But you need I to think- go home and stew after telling them that they all bombed and two of them are going home. They were like, and now we'll see you in a day. Go chill. Yeah, like have the rest of the day when you could have been planning and cooking a better meal to yeah. like worry about judges table tomorrow. I just, yeah. Be, I mean, the, the challenge is hard enough with the weird things and the pairings. But just if you had three hours, it's so different. The one hour is such a fast turnaround for one of these challenges that it feels like they were just... It, setting them up for failure and then mean to them for failing. And that's okay. What I have an idea. What if it was just like, um, you know what? We actually don't have $10,000 in the budget. And it turns out we let too many people on the show in the first place. Oh, no. <laughs> so let's just like say that this is their fault. But really, let's make sure that this, like, no one actually wins. Yeah. Like, let's um, just get some, some really, really difficult to work with artists. Maybe there wasn't even, yeah, they weren't even supposed to announce $10,000. And Padman's like, the winner gets $10,000, right? I, and then I, the brother's like, what? Cut it, cut it. I just think how different this would have been if you applied like the the like Los Angeles All Stars like restaurant challenge to it, where you like send each person to their artisan, they like sit down, sample the wares, talk about why they're special, yeah. talk about like the ways that they're like excited to have created this product, and then you send mm-hmm. them off to like think about it and make something that honors the product, right? Yeah, like, that would be the modern the modern day version of Top Chef yeah. that we've seen, which is so much better. Yeah. And it does justice to these people who are like donating product and like wanting their stuff to be showcased instead of it being like, wow, pretty hard to work with rose jelly. Like, why would I go buy it then? <laughs> I almost wondered if that's why they left the product names off. Mm. <laughs> like they were like, let's just uh, bury an Alan Smithy rose jelly. Yeah, exactly. Which is wild because actually it turns out we have the cardamom bitters that they like feature on the show. Like oh, I really? recognize that label. It's really good in yeah. some soda water. Really yeah. Bitters and soda water is an incredible drink. I don't yeah, think no. you'd win if you just served them soda water with those bitters, but they, that sounds good. I'm sure they're all like really great products. Um, Except for the rose jelly. Well, <laughs> that's good with some stuff. <laughs> you just oh, have to turn the right yeah, so a quick run through of how bad everybody did. So Sheldon and Brett had the the salmon candy, which they made a very confusing salad with and just basically ground it up and mixed it with sour cream. Um, Josie and Eliza, who cannot stand each other, um, made a made some clams and they took the cardamom bitters and turned it into a very salty clam broth with no cardamom flavor. Mm. Uh, Lizzie and Danielle, who are not getting along at all, um, made, uh, oh, they made the tart with where they put the three layers they put solid layer squishy layer solid layer uh which is a real mistake in terms of uh cutting into a dessert it's really how difficult. would you layer it would you go squishy solid yeah, squishy on top yeah squishy on top so it goes through the knife first and doesn't yeah. get compressed and oozed out you know you know what you can do sometimes because this is sort of the um the it's it problem if you're familiar with the that san francisco treat um mm-hmm. uh where you just if you make it just give it all a good shell, you know, sometimes. Uh, Wait, are you, do you mean rice-a-roni? No, I do not. <laughs> another San Francisco treat. Surely you mean sourdough bulls, right? No, I do not. <laughs> or Alcatraz. Surely you mean walking so steeply uphill that you think you're climbing a wall, right? Yay! <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so it's an ice cream sandwich. It's is ice cream what it sandwich is. that is dipped in chocolate uh, to make oh. it all together a little better. Uh, if it is cold yeah. enough, it usually works. Uh, but but yeah, once once the once the middle gets squishy, it is tricky. You need you need that, that yeah that 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 chocolate shell for structural integrity on the whole. I like uh, that. That's a good idea. Dip it in chocolate. Although chocolate creator from Theo was so upset that non-Theo chocolate was incorporated into this chocolate dish. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a, supposed to be a monopoly chocolate for her. I mean, that's kind of fair, though, right? Like, yeah, there's you had one. Mixed in. You kind of had one ask, honestly. <laughs> well, I wonder if she meant that it was not not just the coconut curry chocolate, like the not the other brands of chocolate were used, but the um, it just like watered down the coconut curry flavor. Yeah, I don't it know. could be. I it was interesting because um, Lizzie definitely wanted to do not a dessert and then was forced. Danielle was like, no compromises, dessert, chocolate right now. It was just another terrible non-conversation. Um, uh, Kristen and uh, Kristen and Micah made uh, cheese curds three ways. One way was uh, cheese curd. <laughs> Another way was fried cheese curds. And a third way was uh, a bushmel. Uh, the third way was unnecessary. Three Super ways is always unnecessary. And Micah's yeah. like, okay, I think we can do this three ways. And for some reason, Kristen says, yeah. And yeah, I don't, not, yeah, not communicate. Well, I, part, I guess part of this communication thing is if you have two hours, you mm-hmm. can negotiate more. In one hour, you have to start moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be part of it. Um, Stefan and Brooke take the rose petal jelly and hide it in, um, impos- in, in tough duck and really sweet cabbage. Oh, and then that, that, that cabbage dish. So that's, that's like a, yeah. a thing that I've uh, Sarah and I've made before. Uh, it's like kind of a, a traditional uh, thing that come up in like Danish, uh, like uh, like Christmas lunch. Um, hmm. So it's just like nice Christmas lunch. Yeah, Julefrokost. Uh, so it's like basically you just like you shred the red cabbage and you basically just like cook it for a while, like with like some like uh, some vinegar and like some sugar, pretty much. And uh, yeah, it can be sweet if it's like not with the right stuff, but also can add some good like vinegariness uh, like to, to dishes as well. Yeah, there seemed like of all these, the one that could have worked, there seems like a little bit like they slightly overcooked the duck and they could have done a little less sweet in the cabbage. And that was it. I think under undercooked the duck, right? Well, undercooked the duck, yeah. yeah it's, 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 a pretty, it's a pretty like traditional like... Uh, uh, like Nordic pairing, I would say. Like it's a yeah, yeah. That's, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah that, that seems made, like it was that made some sense. Yeah, in some ways. There's one of the most logical, and so that's so that's all the bottom. But on the sub basement, um, John and Josh took the truffle popcorn and um, made it into t- uh, grits that suck, according to Hugh, and then badly cooked pork uh, medallions, which the pork thing is so interesting to me because basically they were like because they're non communication. Yeah. So Josh was like, I would cook the pork like this and then cut it like this. And John is like, I would cut it like this and cook it like this. But then they cut it like John wanted to and then cooked it like Josh wanted to. Like yeah, they didn't. You didn't worst do, of both worlds. Yeah, they got exactly they got the worst of both with like both of those are possible. You just did them wrong. And so yeah. basically like Josh, who knows pork really well, but never does it that way, is forced to deal with the wrong cut and then makes it bad. Um Although making the grits bad is like inexcusable for both of them, but the impressive still, thing so about this is that up. even if like I think if John or Josh wanted to sabotage the other person in the hopes they just take them both down together, I feel like they really couldn't have done worse in some ways. Could have made a pork burger. <laughs> I feel yes. like just yeah, just with a with a, like a popcorn truffle uh, like rice cake type thing, like uh, like as a as a oh bun. yeah, that would be a terrible bun. <laughs> um. 
Also, if they had just made uh, a burger with some popcorn on the side. Oh, wait. Okay. Okay. Here's my pitch. Okay. You get Uncle Woody's truffle popcorn. And you're like, look, you got a nice popcorn. We're just going to show you a movie. <laughs> Why don't you put it in a bowl? Incredible. And then we also filmed this movie of it's an art movie of us running around for an hour and we edited it on, on iMovie that the producer lent us. And then we just show it to you on this laptop while you eat popcorn. Yeah. It's like a, that first season of Top Chef where there was um, one chef who they had a, like the a fruit bowl yeah. challenge. And she's like, I just really wanted to showcase the whole fruit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? One of my favorite memories in all of Top Chef, but it's definitely the most season one Top Chef moment, is it was a knife skills challenge, and the person wanted to highlight how beautiful fruit was. It's like, not the right time. Um, Use your knife for something. (laughs) And then, even worse than that terrible pork medallion was Tyler and CJ took the spicy pickles and put them on a pork burger. They fried the pickles, then put them on a pork burger on a crumpet because of CJ's many times mentioned quote that he thought Tom would just want a simple burger. But like, this is not how a burger works, right? Like there was nothing on the burger besides the pickles. There was no, it was, it was on a crumpet, which is probably the most insane thing that he did. Yeah. And then it's already they, kind of a like soggy or, or will become soggy and claggy at a drop of a hat type of bun. Right yeah. away. I read a huge blog post about this episode oh, and yeah. he mentioned that crumpets are designed to soak up butter yeah yeah, so yeah that's their not surprise that they get soggy um, yeah um, I, i'm you... all about crumpets uh this uh this pandemic guys uh because really yeah well so as, as with probably many uh many people uh like i now have a sourdough starter um one of the things that you can do with crumpets uh like with with sourdough discard is make crumpets like really easily so it's basically just like oh fun if you take like yeah a cup of your discard uh you do like a half teaspoon of oh, i hate uh, that phrase well okay well get used to it <laughs> we're all we're all working with discard <laughs> uh, basically if you do like a teaspoon of sugar like half teaspoon of like a baking uh baking soda and a half uh like half teaspoon of salt um that's that's like it's that's that's uh that's a crumpet um oh that's fun and uh and, and you just like, you can drop it on a pan you can use ring molds if you want um and get these nice like pretty bubbles uh and and, and yeah it's fresh fresh crumpets in the morning um, that does sound lovely let me read um uh, a quick a very quick entry we just have one entry in the mailbag um so we just jump in really quick because it's related to this whole situation so bridget on facebook says um first of all cj's impression is great but I feel like he ignored what would have come before. Tom would only have said, why didn't you just make a great burger? If CJ's inventive food had sucked, then he would have been spot on for Tom. So if he'd like made up something really complicated, Tom might have said, why not just a simple thing? Um, but as it is, he just made a crappy burger. Yeah. So crappy and simple is the worst way. It's way worse for the judges than crappy and difficult. Like when Kaneko had to go home for a pave, which was fairly straightforward and it was in- entirely bad. Also, the whole point of a crumpet is you put butter on it and it drips down via the holes. I just I imagine it just disintegrated because of the holes. So um, I guess I want to use that for the question. Um, do you think that if this burger was great, good bun, it was better than just pork with a ton of fat in it? It had whatever. Imagine whatever you like on a burger. Yeah, um, an ideal burger. Yeah, ideal burger. He made you an incredible burger. And there were spicy pickles on it, and you you could taste the spicy pickles. Would that be a good spicy pickle choice for this challenge? It would have been enough, absolutely. Without well, yeah, you would have won ten thousand dollars for sure if it was an edible burger. But would that be a good Top Chef dish? 
No. Yeah. Say why? No, I mean, like, not maybe for like early seasons, like yeah. in terms of execution. If if all they're judging is execution, that's fine. But are you highlighting the ingredient? Are you doing anything creative? No. And and yeah. I think that's that's probably the extra the extra criticism that really sends CJ and Tyler packing. Even if it was great, the pickle is still hidden by a bun and then mixed with all the other flavors there. Like, I can't imagine a burger where you're like, I really taste the pickle. Well, and they also fried the pickles, so they covered them in, like, doughy cornmeal. Could you have made a pickle bun somehow? The whole bun is pickle? Yeah, nothing Mm. but... Or a pickle Don't love it. It's like a veggie burger. Yeah, it's like... You have little tiny medallions of pork on top of a thick-cut pickle. (laughs) <laughs> like one of those like like the really big pickles out of like a whole butt where you grab it out of like a barrel and you just cut the middle inch and put that in the middle it's like you could pickles in a barrel guys this would at least be more interesting <laughs> it would be way more interesting i'd be open to trying I, that i don't I'll, know it doesn't I, sound good but no, let's just do yeah like pickles seven ways basically where you like you like you you shred them and you fry them and that's like your, your french fry element it's now the I don't know if there are seven by the time you're up at five you're like and then i'll throw a pickle at you and then <laughs> um, this pickle will feature in a short film that i'll make you watch and then while you're eating i'll just run around the table screaming pickles pickles <laughs> with one pickle in each fist holding them up like a like the olympic torch the pickle, pickle experience oh my CJ Tyler. wait here's the so they really could have done some things though like there's pickle juice that you could use right they, they, they could have done some yeah. things with a lot of these oh yeah you could have been forced to do a pickle back at lunch <laughs> right but, but number also, 36, like, you are bathed in brine and yourself become pickly. You have to listen Think to about the, all the different pickle things you could do. Oh, sorry, sorry as, uh, one at a time. Uh, as, as finish your thought. I was just saying you had to listen to Nickelback cover Pickleback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Chris. No, I was just thinking about the pickle experience and like how you could deconstruct it and you could sort of like, you know, sage the room with dill and you could, you know, like you do so many different <laughs> things. Sorry, Bill. Um, but is it, is it, can we do something good or something bad? Every time you yeah, say but you could also do something good. You could do so many good things with that. I love the idea of staging the room with dill. I think that is a very, there's just burnt dill all over the chairs and stuff. <laughs> so there's all good dill smudges that we've all been looking forward to all this season. It's very Seattle. Mm. I'm the one thing. So okay. So overall, very sad day. Everyone did bad. The one thing that made me feel like the chefs were not better than this because it really felt to me like it was the challenge and the situation was not fair. But every single one of the dishes, they had a cut where the judges go, "This is gross. It's cooked wrong." And then they cut to the chef saying, "Well, we know it's cooked perfectly." Yes. Like every <laughs> one of them was wrong. Everyone yeah, was like, yeah. we na- they had a we nailed it quote for every terrible dish today. Which is astounding. I, I think it's just that that it's like they have a, when it's your own thing, maybe you have a perception problem with errors where you know this is the bad thing you did, which is like, say, like flavor and conception. And so you assume that if if the, if the, the cooking isn't as bad, this execution of it, it's like, then it's like, oh, this must have been the right part that we did. You know, it's just oh, like, that's possible. Yeah, you lost your frame of reference on errors, basically. Yeah, yeah this is not very yeah. possible. Um, I will if- say the yeah, the thing that also made me antsy about like all of these dishes is that 
like I understood that it was a bad concept, but I also, as a non-professional chef, I felt extremely stymied by the idea of like finding your way to a good concept for these things. Like yeah. I had like these, yeah. I have like these vague ideas of like, well, it seems like this would be better as a blah blah. But like, well, I we also nailed it with just, pickles. Like, we did solve that one. Well, yeah, clearly. But even when it comes to that, I was like, or is it this like incredible relish? But how do you make the relish a big enough element of the dish? And then I was like, wow, I can't be on Top Chef. End of story. <laughs> like, <laughs> where? I mean, you, you know, like you understand that this is deeply bad, but it almost feels like as an audience member, you're like profoundly ill-equipped to redo. Right. And it took a village for us to arrive at saging with Dill. That's Let's true. remember. <laughs> <laughs> so if yeah. it's a team challenge with all six of us, we might get to a good pickles 38 ways. Um, right. Well, uh, so eliminated then double eliminated, which frankly, I'm fine with double elimination because there's a lot of chefs and they're not doing that well. And I want to just get down to Kristen and Brooke cooking and with Sheldon. That's all I want to see. So um, I'm not too upset about that, even though I normally hate a spring double elimination. And I felt like they deserved it for not working well or not talking. I did but, like that they adjusted. And yeah. Like this was so bad. Yeah. We're changing our approach completely. There's no totally. winner. And two of you are going home. Um, yeah, and the, the two that go home are Tyler and Big Siege. Big Siege is devastated because he chose to come back here and then did bad basically every time and then left. Whereas Tyler feels like he nailed it. His two goals were to be himself and stay sober, and he accomplished them both. So big ups yeah. to Tyler for getting through all this, not awesome. losing any of his bro energy, and not giving in to temptation. Yeah. Oh, coach. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also thought the judges' table is very interesting where they took so much time you know, between dining and judging, but also that it was deeply not a unanimous decision that each one of those judges, um, you know, three out of four picked a different uh, person sent home. Gail. Yeah. Gail agreed with um, the one other judge who wanted to send the bros home. So uh, it was Padma, I think. It was Pat Padma, and, and, which is interesting, too, because you normally you I get the feeling Tom can overrule anybody. So having him be like, look, yeah. I disagree, but whoever J- Gail wants will do. Was yeah. kind of kind of fun um okay i wonder two more. i'm i my only my sorry my last little thing is just that i wonder if they needed the night to cool off <laughs> like yeah. if they were so like raging coming off of that meal you. and like having to apologize to these artisans who were really nice about it on camera but perhaps were like yeah a little disgruntled and like everybody just felt fried like maybe they just were like this was so bad that i don't want to be like as big a jerk on camera as i know i could be yeah today. it could be um, and like, let's collect ourselves and then we'll do this tomorrow. Yeah, that's very possible. Another, another pivot. Um, also they had 10,000 extra dollars in the production budget. Now, why not take an extra day? Chill. <laughs> um, all right. Two quick, two more quick things before we wrap up. Um, first from tall to Trenta, how, how Seattle was this challenge? It's just, uh, Chris and Hanya, just you guys today representing. So how Seattle was this? I'm willing to give this a grande, to be honest. <laughs> I'd say a grande or a venti with room. Um, you know, I, I, I think like it's pretty good Seattle, but with some cream. Oh, it's you know what it is. It's the venti that they don't put room in, and then you have to pour some of it into the trash can and you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's because this this is a very Seattle like you know thing. I feel like you know a lot of local businesses were highlighted, a lot of local ingredients and vendors, and some of the kooky stuff that Seattle you know. Uh, has in it was was featured it's just everything sucked <laughs> yeah. you know yeah i I, I almost think that like if they had actually put the names of the vendors 
if they had done a little bit more prominent placement with the vendors, I would give this a full Trenta. Because I like Pike Place feels like something you have to do, but I don't know that much about the different vendors there and their lives. And so giving them something and then also promoting their products seems really nice. And that's very yeah. Seattle. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I just wish they were like a little bit better interviews with them about how they settled on this product and how they came yes. up with it. And then also if people cook a little better, but okay. And then lastly, uh, uh on this episode, uh, a brief villain race update. So who made moves this week in our villain race? I mentioned already that, um, uh, Stefan had kind of an, he maybe even took a step down from the villain race because not because, um, both Josh and Brooke vouched for him as yeah. a person. I think, so, and really it's, it's Brooke's okie dokie that, that yeah, way more me... valuable than Josh for sure. Cause yeah. Josh's was like, we're both assholes, but we're both likable. I'm like, well, you don't get to Josh, give that to you. You yeah. don't characterize yourself as likable. I'm yeah. sorry. I see each not... colored tux shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, no, Josh took a step forward in his progress to villain you know uh, i so I, I was interested i feel like everyone kind of like moved back one step actually like i think everyone could have been worse this week uh in part because i feel like the john josh like situation like they could have been much worse to each other oh, sorry i mean yeah yeah that's right yes john, yes, I, yes. Could have been much worse uh and like i think they like they kind of tried to temper it out a little bit uh they right? went from and, pure villainous to just like passive aggressive yeah. Which I guess is a step forward, but both of them like thought the other person was the was the problem, but didn't talk about it. Sure. Well, maybe it's one of those. You know, you've heard the phrase "success hides flaws." Maybe failure forgives flaws a little bit. Like oh, you know, everybody, like, like the waterline sort of dropped a bit. <laughs> like a, a, a sinking tide lowers all ships. Kind of thing. All boats. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's definitely possible. I would. The only person who I thought actually maybe like added a new layer to their villainousness was was Josie mm-hmm. um, who I thought the way she was just like my way or the highway even though yes. she's not done anything well like her communication was top tier bad and also I kind you guys were not super stoked about it I kind of liked Eliza I liked her I like her sushi van I don't know I'm sorry I, and vegan sushi is such a fun concept um, to me and also, I love micro economies. So it's just anyway. I like it, and I I'm sure I don't know the band. I'm sure if you describe them as a jam band, I would not enjoy it. But <laughs> I, I just don't. I just don't enjoy van temperature food made by a stranger. I That's totally. Just, it doesn't matter who that stranger totally is or what agree. that food is. I don't but, want. It. But if you're like hanging out at this like jam band concert all day, at some point you'd be like, man, I would I would kill for some room temperature avocado right now. Yeah, <laughs> some some mango wrapped around some rice. Yeah. And so I'll definitely give her the market research uh, nod. I yeah, guess. totally. Oh, yeah. But I also, yeah, also, I just, I, as somebody who does not eat fish, I really love vegan sushi because it turns out seaweed and rice and avocado and soy sauce and wasabi, like, it's still great. Yeah. Oh, it's it, still great. It's still most of the everything. I'm yeah. not yeah. against vegan sushi. I just remain against. Anyway, no, I totally understand. I'm, I can be on the limb here, but I, yeah. I felt like Eliza appreciated a good deal in my memory today, but Josie was just so stonewall. And then also was she like, was. I don't think she's doing a good job. And then anyway, I just, yeah, I, Josie rubbed me the wrong way today yeah. in a way that, that actually the other villains didn't. 
You know who actually gets half a villain point in my mind is Bart today, which normally he's very mild mannered. But there was a scene where he was muscling past CJ to get through the narrow aisle of Sur La Table, where he basically just bodied him for no reason. He came up behind him and started headfirst plowing into his armpit. To get through this thing, to get to the same panini press that everybody's getting to. You know, it's like, what what are we doing here, Bart? Is? I had to spike the football in celebration of grabbing it. Yeah, Yeah. what's going on? (laughs) That was weird. All right. a lot of panic that morning. Well, Well, sure. Oh, so that's this episode. Um, And now before we go, it's time for Last Chance Kitchen. So um, Tyler and Siege and Kaneko are all facing off in a dessert challenge and in the way that Tom likes to do with last chance kitchen. If you don't like something, that's the new rule. So CJ and Tyler have to work together again because CJ hates it. Um, teamwork right. and dessert. Great. Yes. Teamwork it's, and dessert. Yeah, it's like last chance punch you in the bruise. I don't know <laughs> why. Wound. Injury insult. <laughs> such a good name for it. It's so good. They, I'm yeah, keeping it. Punching you in the bruise for last chance kitchen. Uh, Kaneko makes um, frozen banana plugs and, uh, <laughs> but like a bowl of frozen banana plugs. Anyway, it's oh, interesting. Celebrating the cylinder, the only way she could think to do. It comes with. She had pink peppercorns, tea, and olive oil, and basically made it into like a delicious fruit soup. Um. Whereas only if you like that sort of thing, if you like that sort of thing, which she does. And then um, CJ and Tyler came. uh, Well, despite Tyler opening this by saying, I'm going to really leave my mark on this dish. Oh, yeah. Then made a fritter and let CJ completely take over and make hay ice cream and put arugula on the pile. Um, And the hay ice cream, which apparently was a Tom never mentioned it. So I don't actually know if it was was good or not. Um, it apparently wasn't the worst, but like yeah. CJ came in with so much confidence for hay ice cream. Where? Yeah, he was all over it. Where did he and, get hay? Like, I don't know how right, that's right. this is. This is exactly the puzzle I'm trying to figure out. So CJ is like, I'm making hay ice cream so confidently that it's like, this must be a signature dish, right? And then Tom says, have you ever made this? And he says, no. <laughs> so he just made up his signature dish in that moment but also, someone gave him hay, so there was clearly either either they are there like the olive eight is in the middle of also a horse track, or mm. I don't uh, confirmed no. I I want to say that's not the hay you should be using. Yeah. Even I, if I you are that. making, I don't know. Hay I didn't know you could. Like it's it not like the horse hay. You don't hay. Yeah, it's where we find okay. horse proximity hay. I don't care what you do to it. I think this is where we realize the big reveal is that uh, CJ actually has a case of like undiagnosed scarecrowism, uh, where he's <laughs> <laughs> pulling some out of his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, CJ, you're a perfectly good scarecrow. Why not make some hay ice cream? <laughs> so yeah, just put my arm down in this toasted machine. Any- well, one thing that we did learn about CJ later in duels is that he is uh, into foraging. Right. Yeah, so maybe right. he is hard he into foraging. He's a, yeah, yeah. He really he forges, and you know, outside of the product he finds, he also finds a little bit of himself every time. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't that the Saoirse Ronan situation, or who was oh, that? that was no, no, no. That was um. Oh, what is her name? Uh, Divergent. What was uh? Divergent girl. Oh, that's no, right. Yeah, it's 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 Miss Divergent USA. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> what is her name? Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Woodley. Yeah. Um, the other so one. So I'm big little eyes. Page about different hay products you can make, including um, 
uh, topaz apples with hay, hay mayonnaise, hay custard, um, and of course, a recipe for hay ice cream. And the description is a curious treat of hay ice cream from a uh, I... world-renowned Danish chef. A trip to your local pet shop may be in order to pick up the hay for this hay ice cream, unless you happen to live near a farm. You can just get pet-grade hay? Yeah. Well, because they're eating the hay. I was worried that yeah, we were talking about hay that horses would just be, like, stepping around in, as opposed to, like, oh, yeah, yeah, not used hay. hay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is going to, this shows that I don't actually know the, all the farm applications of hay. So I guess hate mail can be directed to me. Hate mail. Hey, and then you take it out when the rest of the mail, I Um, guess I feel like this hay ice cream idea probably oozed over from his time staging at Noma because everything he does that's insufferable is a little bit Noma related. Yeah. (laughs) I also think he's a liar that he hasn't done this before because you don't seem likely. You don't do something like that without so out there that he has to have at least had it or thought about it a lot. But, Maybe he's yeah. made hay ice and hay cream. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he makes hay ice cream while the sun shines, and it's good enough because um, him and Tyler continue on despite Tyler not knowing why he's there. Um, and I do feel like the ending for CJ. So Tyler felt like he got what he wanted out of the show. Siege is this was sad. This was a, a sad exit for him. And we'd kind of liked him before and had the broccolini exit was kind of sad. Is, is my memory. So we wanted him to get more redemption than he got, but this is the beginning. If I remember correctly of sieges of his, of his siege on last chance kitchen where he is yeah. apart. For, he's he's going to have a big siege on it. So this is where he actually gets his redemption is in last chance kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the beginning of that with his hay ice cream. And at some point, I guess he has to put Tyler down. I don't know how that worked, but <laughs> we'll find out. Oh, Tyler. <laughs> Probably next week. He gets to go back and go to Canada. He'll be all right. Next week. Probably like, Tyler's going to get another big surprise. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that brings us to a wrap. Uh, any final big thoughts? Um, as has already made his bold prediction that Cardamom will be raptured. Um, and Tanya's predicted that, uh, Chris and Tanya have predicted that um, Tyler won't be around forever. W- what else? Does anybody else have any anything to add here? I'm trying to cast my mind back to like what it is that they are going to have. Oh, right. We have to see the celebrity couple that is no longer. Oh. My my recollection is that this is a pretty good showing from the chefs. Glass garden? Yeah, we have to go to the. Yeah, that's in the glass. Man, the glass garden. Glass garden. So this is a good one. Yeah. I, and yeah. I didn't realize they were broken up. They're a very charming couple on yeah. this episode. Oh my gosh. I think this, be- did we not talk about this last week? I feel like we. every time Chris Pratt comes up, I'm like, you know he's married to Catherine Schwarzenegger now and they just had a child. Yeah. Does everyone understand do. that the like political Part ambitions are like on the table? These things is like currently used up by other worse knowledge, so I never retain it. I, think, oh. yeah, this is, I mean, this is like, it's this weird. This is a weird uh, time capsule into, into Chris Pratt, like uh, where it's like, Really, really, like most different. Uh, I feel like over the last eight years. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he's still he he is still eating mostly what he wants, and he's still yeah. kind of goofy Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, and yeah. always ready with the quips. Yep, yeah. with the quips. Yep. Well, so it's with that degree of sadness that we will return um, and and watch a relatively happy episode, kind of a nice time about his first wedding. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that, and it's also I remember it being a a nice bounce back from such a sad pickle episode. Is that everyone yes, does pretty agreed. well. Yeah. Agreed. Even though they all have to cook with broken glass. Um, that's my prediction. Um, if you guys have any more feedback, if you want to jump into the mailbag, you can send us uh, messages. I like mailbag at packyourmics.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and, and I don't know, 
Instagram, anywhere else. Um, All the places. LinkedIn. Um, send us a TikTok. Whatever you got to do. Um, a Microsoft Teams TikTok. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have Chris. Uh, we will have, Sorry, we'll have new Sarah and Kyle back next week. Chris, huh? um, look. What? I'm sending you home, but I want you to know that everyone did bad on this show oh. today. Yeah, this was a terrible podcast, and everyone. Wait, 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 be- wait, 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 wait. Why, why me, and why not that dessert? That dessert was real bad. Guess what? You're talking about CJ's incredible cell phone at the end of that. <laughs> I oh man, it was such an such a beautiful own goal. Oh my and- gosh, Hugh could not have been happier to serve him that. <laughs> was he was thrilled. so gleeful. It wasn't Tyler's comment. That's like underhand pitching to a professional baseball player. Yeah. Yeah, like you're throwing softballs to a professional hitter. Yeah, it was great, and it actually, despite it being so mean. Everybody laughed. The judges were laughing. The contestants were laughing. They were all just like, CJ, what are you doing? And I doing? think even CJ laughing. had to chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just it was such so a ridiculous moment. Because normally, like, trying to throw someone else, be like, that dessert was diabolical, is, like, kind of shitty. But it it hurt him. It's like, he only hurt himself. So it was yes. very funny. Yes. Anyway, so good cell phone, Chris. Uh, everybody else, uh, thanks for hanging out, uh, as and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a good time, and uh, uh, Chris and Tanya, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh huh. Hell and yeah, Megan. I bet you'll still be here. I bet so too. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to everybody then. Uh, bye. Bye. bye.